All right. All right, all right, all right. What is that, a game show? Uh, I think that sounded the like pr- The Price is Right, baby. I that's The Price is Right, baby. It just, I felt like a celebratory tune was in order because O.C. and Z and friends all back together. Hey. It's been a minute. I'm Sean It O'Connell. is. Zachariah is here. Great Face Dave is here. And even Gabo, Mr. Gabe Woo! is here. Wow. Don't forget the wizard on the ones everybody. and twos, Big Rob 510. So th- that's the, the new member of the cast. And uh, by far, we've already established the most important member of this uh, cast. <laughs> For characters. sure. For uh, sure. 100%. The Wizard of Oz is the perfect. He's like the, the behind the scenes, you know, behind that curtain, the all-powerful head speaking and we just have to listen that that's that's the situation we've set up for ourselves i don't know how comfortable i am with it but i'm grateful right now we have rob uh, legitimizing this this fool's errand we've embarked upon this circus so what's the latest zachariah what do you want to talk about today what are we going to get to into on oc and z and friends i know you're excited about baseball being back well come on man you're messing up the formula we go rona rant we do a sport and then we do a viewing recommendation. So okay, we got to start with wanna, the Rona Okay, rant. well, now we've established that, that we're still going to, even though we have Rob to to make this uh, a, a grown-up podcast, we're still doing our regular format. Rona rant, then sports, viewership recommendation. All right, what do you have? Man, until the Rona is done or we got a vaccine, we're doing Rona rant. So here's what I got for my Rona rant, OC. It is the backgrounds of all the people that are doing TV shows. Right. So good morning, America, you know, the daily show or the whatever the show is with Trevor Noah. You got, you know, all these sports (laughs) center shows. Everybody's got a background, right? Because nobody can do it in studio. So everybody's doing it from their house. Now, here's my Rona rant. Why does everybody have to have a damn bookcase in the background? I mean, do you really think that we think that you're more intelligent because of that? Do I think that you read all those books? Every single person has a book shelf in the background when they're doing these damn shows. I don't want to see your books. I don't care about your books. I want to see cool stuff. I want to see like a Super Nintendo. I want to see like a Teenage Mutant Ninja (laughs) Turtle. I want to see some trophies or something. I mean, show me something other than a damn bookcase. Nobody cares about your bookcase. Nobody cares what books you read. And I'm pretty sure that 95% of the people haven't read 75% of the damn books that are in the background anyway. So that's my Rona rant for the day. 60% 60% of the time, it works every time. Exactly. Uh, I like the math you did there. Here's exactly. the thing, though. Here's the thing. Like, I, I will accept your anti-literacy rant because that's just well in keeping with your personality. But when we have a video element to this podcast, people are going to see your setup is like Silence of the Lambs basement darkness with uh, a random curtain stapled over the window False. False. You you want to know what's in my background right now? I got a dolphin's lamp. There's like two actual dolphins and they're like swimming around each other and it's like a teal lamp. It's dope as ish. I got a Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have actual dolphins? You have living mammals? Yes. Actual dolphins. Miniature (laughs) dolphins. Baby dolphins. 
And then I got I got a Ricky Henderson pennant. I got a Dan Marino pennant. I got an A's clock. I got a Tupac poster. And then the best thing of all, I got a Steve Nash poster that my friend drew. And it's Steve Nash. And then it's also a drawn picture of my dog who I named Nash after Steve Nash. And Steve Nash signed it. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, son. That is way better than a bookcase. So you're basically describing a a uh, mid-puberty's boy's room <laughs> um, that's been collecting stuff from, like, 1986, and it's just piling up, and that's what you got going on around you. If that's the horrible lens in which you want to see that, go ahead. You're only as old as you feel, Dave. I'm Peter P. I ain't growing up, so <laughs> my true. room's not changing. I don't give a damn what you so say. True. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Snoop Dogg posters from 1993. I'm gonna have Charles Barkley starting action figures from 1992. I'm gonna have whatever. I'm gonna have beer signs up. I'm gonna have you know I got James Dean is in the house. Bob Marley. Uh, what else we got? Uh, you know, I got Louis Armstrong record hanging up. You know what I'm saying? I do what I want. I don't have to be mature. I don't have to curtail my actions and my backgrounds to whatever society thinks a 36-year-old should have in his room. If my room looks like I'm still 13, that's fine by me. But do you still have a Jizzy Gillespie record? <laughs> <laughs> Jizzy Gillespie. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I never messed with him. Only Louis. Okay. I'm going to have to school you on some, some jazz knowledge one of these days, Zach, but... Uh... I'll let yeah, it go for now. Is, all I need is Ella. All I need is Ella and Louie. But yeah, you can put me up on some game. All right. Look, I, the the first Ronald rant in a while did not disappoint. Great face, Dave and Gabe. I hope that you guys have something in your pocket. I got one that uh, actually pertains to sports. So I hope it's not a violation of the rules that I'm crossing over the Ronald rant and actual sports discussion. But uh, high schools in California – and the state of Washington, and uh, I think actually several other places, have decided to postpone their fall sports seasons and push them into the spring. High school football in California this year is going to start in January. Now, the Rona rant comes because this is obviously uh, a result of coronavirus and the pandemic sweeping across our country and not going away, but it's creating a problem where if you're entering your final year of high school eligibility, your senior football season, I, I'm not so much talking about the guys who get to be recruited and get to go on and play college football, right? That's a great experience. I, I, I had some fun doing that, but high school football is where it's really at. That's where it's still about the joy of the game. That's where it's about hanging out with your friends every day, representing your community. High school football is a treasure, and I hope we haven't lost sight of that in this country. But what's happening is these guys that are looking to their senior seasons especially, they're going to have to make an executive decision whether or not they want to participate in a January season, whether they want to do football instead of basketball, whether they want to do football instead of wrestling, if it crosses over with baseball and track and field, whether they want to have to worry about uh, replacing those things with football. The entire experience of a senior athlete in high school is being compromised drastically by the decision to uh, forego the season in favor of a spring calendar because of uh, corona-related precautions. And I just, it's a rant against the virus itself, but also against the idea that we have to adjust our lives this much in order to, uh, in order to accommodate, you know, something that it's been so central for everybody else. Imagine being a senior 
in 2020, your last year, you just, you don't get it. Or if you get it, it's going to take away something else. Heart goes out to these kids. It's got to be the worst. Yeah, it's so, I mean, just, yeah, seniors in general, this whole year, just losing everything. And I I mean, yeah, everything's got to be, you know, so much. I I just can't imagine having that taken away. And then, yeah, the ripple effect that this is going to have down the line in terms of sports and school and just everything, it's got to be rough to be in that. I mean, for us, I mean, you know, if you're out of school and, you know, you're just dealing with having to work from home or something like that. It's it's a lot different, but getting that ripped away from you is, is just awful. And look, you you never get to replace those things. And I know that's like the corny Uncle Rico way to say it, but like it's true though. Yeah, the, we we never pass this way again. You're 18 one time, and you get to have that final season with your boys in your hometown one time. And Zachariah, I know football wasn't your thing. Basketball is where you excelled, but an announcement on basketball is coming right on the heels of this. They had to address football first, but but basketball season starts, what, in high school in November? So they're going to have to get rid of that, and they're going to have to push wrestling, and they're going to have to – I mean, this is just – it's sad, and, and now there's a lot of guys, especially the ones who are being recruited or hopefully being recruited, they're having to make a decision on whether or not they want to stay in their home communities, they want to – uh, cap off their high school football and high school sports career in a customary manner, um, whether they want to risk losing that year of eligibility, whatever, or if they want to move to different states, places like Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas, Nevada, getting a ton of calls from California kids, hoping that they can actually come and participate in the season. A bunch of Utah schools, a bunch of Arizona schools, a bunch of the surrounding states are getting an influx of students who are potentially looking to transfer their senior year of high school, just so they get an opportunity to play. F you, Rona. <laughs> For real. Wait, so I got a question. So they're going to move. This is just in California and Washington where they're moving the football season from starting like right now. On the West practicing. Coast, those are, yeah, on the West Coast, those are the teams, those are the states that have made that decision already. Yeah. So why, what is the reasoning of them moving it and other states did not move it? Did they say? Uh, well, because the political pressure in Washington and in California is a lot different. I can tell you than the political pressure in a place like Utah. Look, one of my good buddies is a football coach at, uh, at kind of the most prestigious football high school in the Salt Lake Valley. And they're in practice right now. They're in full football camp right now. Their first game is in two weeks. They are changing nothing except when kids test positive for Corona they have to quarantine for two weeks. But most of the kids on the team are not being tested with regularity. It's not like college. It's not like the pros where they have like this financial plan and all these resources committed to it. High school football in Arizona, in Colorado, in Utah, in Texas, in some of these places, they're just hoping for the best. Yeah, Dave, Dave, to answer your question, it's the same reason why when when the president came out and said he was going to allow every governor from every state to decide when stuff was going to open up that, you know, different states did it at different times. And that's why you're seeing different spikes in different places. I mean, everything's, there's no like one universal rule for the United States. So it just depends on where you're at. Hell, even in California, in Berkeley, you can't go to any restaurants or you have to get takeout or something like that, but you could drive North or South a little bit or whatever, and you could just full blown go to a restaurant. So it goes by County to County. So it just depends for everything. And obviously on the West coast, it's, it's, it's shutting down more. I don't know what, you know, based on political views or or slants or whatever but here's another question i got 
what is the odds of all the states that are opening up and practicing right now, like your friend's team, are they going to are they going to start their season and finish it? I feel like that's like a question that I've been thinking. And, and the real question is, if they don't finish, are the kids like in California, Washington, going to actually have a season start in January? Or are they going to be scared business because the other states got whatever happened right now? You are asking all the right questions, great face, Dave. And the unfortunate reality is nobody has the answers. I think the most realistic outcome is that what you have is teams on these uh, in these places where uh, they're deciding to stay the course and they're just pushing through and trying to play. That you're going to have teams who forfeit certain games because of an outbreak within the locker room or because their particular school has a high number of cases or their particular school or their county even. Has to be uh, has to be locked down. You're going to have some forfeits, so that's what I think is going to happen. But in like Utah is going to play a season. Arizona so far is going to play a season. Colorado doesn't want to stop their season, uh, and in some of these places, the, the the cases and the mortality rates reflect uh, a, a number where you you can push forward with less risk. But uh, as soon as we get a situation where there's an unknown uh, pre-existing condition. And a school-age kid contracts coronavirus and passes away because of what happened at a football game or a football practice or for the girls' volleyball game or volleyball practice, then you're going to see everything shut down. Are they going to have cheerleaders at these games? <laughs> well, they can, they, can, they can very easily socially distance. Why? So why would uh, you? that was not my first question, uh, but... <laughs> Where I, did I, that even come from? Well, I, I was... I guess when you said the girls' teams, and then I was like, well, cheerleading is a pretty big thing. And, like, those girls, those girls, they're, like, they're doing pyramids. They're picking each other up. You can't really social distance. But you really can't social distance in football because you're just right there. couple things. Number one, it reminds me of when I went to go see OC in Salt Lake, and he took me to a Utah game, and I got to go on the field. Boy, was I running around like a banshee. I had a ball. And uh, I was watching the cheerleaders, and I realized male cheerleaders are genius. Because you get to do some things as a male cheerleader that, you know, normal guys don't really get to do. Anyway, that's my Rona rant. What do you have, Great Face Dave? Oh, man, my Rona rant. I'm just tired of being in. I'm tired of the Rona, just period. Just tired. Just tired of it. Sick and tired of being sick just and tired? sick and tired of being sick and tired, man. I'll tell you what. Well, I think we can all it. co-sign that at least. Yeah. Gabe? I mean, it's less of a rant and more of a little bit of shake in my head, I think. It's crazy to me that United States still, like, we're seeing the evidence that, like, our way of doing things is not very smart, not working very well. Basically, every country in the world is doing a better job of dealing with the runner than us. And instead of, like, seeing those results and changing our attitudes, in general, people are, like, doubling down. Like, the United States attitude is, let me do, like, as little cautionary things as possible. Like, let's push the envelope every time, like... How soon can we reopen? How much can we go out? How how much can we like get back to no normal, quote unquote, and people being anxious for that? And like the more we reach for it, the further away it gets. So that's kind of the frustration is that people just keep wanting to jump the gun. And it's like the more we reach for it, the longer it's going to take to get there. So it it's a little bit frustrating. I mean, I have mixed feelings about, you know, sports coming back it would be great if it was done sustainably but i actually think it's a bad idea because i think it's just going to lead towards again this whole process taking longer to get over the hump
I'm with you uh, on the reluctance, the, the the reality of the situation, and I, I understand what you're talking about with the whole shaking your head. We've passed the threshold now, in my opinion, where coronavirus is here in the United States to stay until the vaccine becomes a reality, because we have already demonstrated as a society that we are not willing to flatten the curve any other way. So... Uh, if sports can exist, with, coexist with coronavirus, we're going to find that out. If not, uh, then we're just waiting for the medical community to save us from ourselves because nobody is doing what they need to do. Ain't that uh, the truth? Not enough people are doing what they need to do. And, and look, I, I, I'm not standing on a soapbox and yelling at people for it. I'm not on a high horse here. Like, I probably haven't adjusted my own habits enough. To, to reasonably return us to normalcy the way that, you know, you see Canada starting to, the way that you see New Zealand had, you know, a couple weeks ago already declared themselves virus-free. Heck, <laughs> China and Japan and Hong Kong and South Korea and all these places that were supposed to be epicenters, uh, they're doing great. Italy, that was the hardest-hit European country, they're doing great. Spain, same thing. So I'm with you, Gabo. Where it's just like, ugh, I guess we are the misfit children on the global scene. And by the way, I was I was looking to to you know hypothetically book some travel. Can't do it. You cannot go anywhere. You guys realize that you can't. You can go to like, uh, you can go to the Maldives. You can go to some countries in the Caribbean, and I think you can get into an African country or two right now with a U.S. passport. Everyone else is saying, no, thank you, dirty Americans. It's wild. <laughs> I think you can go to the Philippines. That might be worth it. You want to go? I'll go with you. Will you? Yeah. I couldn't get Zach <laughs> on a plane. Zach is not adventurous. We know that. <laughs> his room says it all, huh? That's his adventure. He wakes up every day and he's just already in the adventure. Man, I bet you I've been to more countries than all of you. <laughs> what countries have you been to I've, I've been to spain i've been to belgium i've been to mexico i've been to costa rica i've been to italy i've been to uh the netherlands i've been to uh B budapest what's budapest in uh hungary. yeah hungary i've been to um uh comes to what's that seven uh I, I, i've been to like four others i i know i've been to at least 11 that's actually a pretty good number, but um, that's it. That's it for the Rona rants. Can we get? Yeah, to the baseball's actual... back, baby. Let's get some positivity. You guys brought the whole <laughs> energy down, man. I'm about to cry over here. I want to talk. <laughs> I want to talk baseball, son. It's back. All right, tell me what you want to talk about specifically with baseball. Just its return. Just the fact that cardboard cutouts are watching these guys play. That's enough for you. That's good. Well, okay. So uh, a few podcasts back, we talked about how I'm all for pumping in the noise. I'm all for the cardboard cutouts. I want I want it to look as normal as possible, even if it's not obviously normal. I want it to come as close to normal as possible. Um, so I like that they're doing all that. We got uh, we got Big Rob on the ones and twos at the Coliseum. He's playing his dance. You know what I'm saying? He's playing Return of the Mac. Give me all that energy. I love that. I love that the past two nights we had the Battle of the Bay series between the Giants and the A's, and I had appointment television. I'm juiced for it to come back tomorrow. You got the Giants and the Dodgers, and I believe Ooh. the – the Yankees and the Nationals. Um, I'm just excited for baseball. I, I want to talk about who the favorites are. I can't believe that in Vegas, the A's are the sixth highest, have the sixth best odds to win the World Series. 
Um, I want to know whether or not the shortened season favors some teams versus other teams. I want to talk about all the rule changes. You got the one that I can't stand, which is a runner on second in extra innings. Um, you got pitchers have to throw to at least three batters to try to speed up the game. You got no DH in the National League for the first time. There, there's a couple that were supposed to be in place you know, already, and then there's weird ones like uh, stuff about position players pitching and and weird rules around that and suspended games and things like that but oh yeah the uh the yeah the expanded rosters and whatever hell that whatever the hell that taxi thing is anyways i love the i love the universal dh i love the the taxi thing i don't it's like a part of the roster where rob do you know the details yeah, so the details are they have a group of players. There's a 30-man roster to start the season instead of a normal 25 that got expanded to 26 for this year. But they're going to start at 30, and then in, a I think, a few weeks, they cut it down to 28, and then another week or two after that, down to 27, and then to 26. But the taxi squad are the guys that travel with the team wherever the team will go. So say you have 30 guys ready to play, right? You go, you travel to L.A. to play to play the Dodgers, and then one of your players gets sick or one of your players gets injured. You don't have all 60 people or all however many people that are in the 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 bubble league that are available. They're not all traveling with the team. It's the 30 guys on the roster plus I think three or four that are part of the taxi squad that go as like a backup for injury. Oftentimes it'll be like a third catcher, an extra long relief bullpen arm and, and like a, a utility guy that can play some infield and outfield. I see. Yeah. So, anyways, I like the I, I like the thing with the rosters. I like the universal DH. I hate the extra innings rule because you have a runner on second with no outs. If you know how to execute fundamental baseball, you bunt the guy over to third, and then all you need is a fly ball or a ground ball to second base. Like it shouldn't be that easy. I think what they should do is start with the runner on first base, and then it's not as easy to get a run home. So Wait, I don't like. Hold that. on a second. Hold on a second. Why is there this weird bargaining? You're you're fixing something that's not broken. Baseball is baseball. You just play extra innings. There's no weird things. We don't we don't play basketball and then in overtime three pointers are worth four points. We don't do weird st- weird things. Why runner on first? Why what was wrong with the regular way of playing baseball? Well, Gabe, I don't think that they're gonna use this rule after this year, but I think because they're compacting so many games and so little days that they're 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 trying to avoid the seventeen game or seventeen inning game. Yeah, so, they want they want the games to be over quickly. And look, they're they're also this is the time, and and this is something I applaud Major League Baseball for because there was a, not so many weeks ago we thought we were just not going to get a season and that they were just sacrificing America's pastime at the altar of greed. But uh, they got a deal done, and these rule changes that are being put in place, I don't know how long term and how sustainable a lot of these are, but they're doing the smart thing. And in a year that is already compromised, there's already an asterisk, it's already a very strange situation, now is the time to experiment and now is the time to try something different and try something new. So I actually applaud Major League Baseball for trying to cram all of this in at once. I'm with Gabe. I don't like the runner on second thing for extra innings. Zachariah, you're absolutely right. They're doing that to eliminate long games. They're doing that uh, to eliminate a a drawn-out double-length uh, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. finisher because they got to wake up and play the next day. But this is the time 
to do something new and do something different in a sport that rejects that wholesale in a sport that is all about tradition and all about everyone being so dyed in the wool and set in their ways. Now is the time that they can mess with some of this stuff and they can tinker the rules. And I think we're going to get a, a slightly better product of baseball in 2021, 2022 and moving forward because of it. So it's similar to how they changed the, the overtime in college where they're basically giving both of them, like you have to start from a certain yard line they're putting a person on second. Am I hearing that correct? Yeah, it just it just feels gimmicky to me. It's weird. I mean, I think a lot of the things that baseball talks about when they think about what changes they want to make is they say, okay, baseball is more of a slow-paced sport. It's more drama than action, right? And that's part one of the things that I like about it. But they say, oh, it's not as popular with young people. They have shorter attention spans, all this kind of stuff. And then they make changes that, I don't even think, you know, really address that. Like when they talk about, oh, you know, we're gonna, now we're going to have a pitch clock for the pitchers that don't take too long between pitches and things like that. Like they have such minor effects and they take away from, to me, the appeal of, of baseball. Are the it's, it's the slow pace of baseball, the suspense, the drama of it, to me is a feature, not a bug. And they're, they're I feel like they're constantly trying to, you know, weirdly tinker with that. But that's, again, personal opinion. I know people will disagree, but uh, even the things that they're trying to do to inject more action and speed into the game, I don't even think they're accomplishing what they're trying to do. And then they're a little bit cheapening the experience in the process. But again, just my opinion. Baseball's like number one rule change that I think is going to work in their favor is them juicing the balls. And that's, you know, the steroid era is what it was or was what it was, I should say. And people loved it because we got offense and you got big bats, and that's what people want to see. So uh, it was smart of Major League Baseball to juice the balls, and that that probably is enough for most fans. But the problem with baseball is generational fans are dying off. Like, Zachariah, Gabe, you're the last, you know? Like, the, the young kids are not going to be consuming baseball the same way that you guys do when they get to be in their mid-30s. It's just a fact of the matter. I think the biggest issue for baseball moving forward, if we want to talk about getting a younger generation ready to go, I think the minor league contraction is absolutely terrible. I think the fact that there is no minor league season this year, I know it's a shortened season and everything. I think it's terrible because how many people don't live within a half hour or an hour away from a big league ballpark? You have all these these cities in the Midwest that you might not have professional baseball at the highest level, but you might have a double A or single A team nearby. And that's oftentimes where you go, you, you see a young prospect that ends up becoming a star player on a team that gets you rooting for that big league squad because you saw them three, four years ago when they were just, uh, you know, a guy fresh out of college hitting the hell out of the ball. So I think that what Major League Baseball has done in terms of just disregarding the minor league baseball because all of a sudden these owners have to give a little bit of their billions of dollars to these franchise owners of these minor league teams, which to be fair, they're millionaires, but you know, it, there's this distribution of wealth that that's not working for these minor league players. And I think that it, even though in the short term, it might seem like it makes financial sense for these owners and, and, and everything like that, the long term effects of, of minor league baseball getting shrunken down, I think, is really harmful for, for the growth of the game. And when you actively like I'm, I'm glad that as of last year, they started encouraging bat flips and a little bit more emotion. But it's kind of crazy that you think 
when you look pretty much anywhere in the world where baseball is played in Cuba and Japan and Korea, when a dude hits a 400 foot bomb, he's flipping his bat. He's skipping around the bases. I think we need more emotion like that. That's something that'll get young people excited instead of the, hey, I know you're Mike Trout and I know you're a damn good player, but let's keep the, the whole head down, not much emotion. I want to see more guys that wear their emotions on their sleeves. I think Yasiel Puig, that type of personality is good for baseball. It adds that, you know, villain on the the rival team, but it, it also is just letting letting people see people having fun playing baseball. Because if you're a young kid and you see a, a, a NFL player celebrating a touchdown or you see a, a, a guy getting posterized in the NBA, you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you see Major League Baseball where they're kind of told, know your place on the team, you're, you're one cog in this giant machine and don't step out of line i think that's doing a disservice to baseball yeah when you're telling you're telling bryce harper that needs to run out his ground balls because that's how baseball is played as a veteran like i understand that that's how you were raised and that's the game that you became familiar with and the game that you fell in love with but that's not what the younger generation is necessarily going to need and the younger generation i don't know what they need i really don't i i like your idea rob and i think that you bring up some good points there. I think that baseball can survive one season of no minor leagues, but if this goes on longer uh, or if the cancellation this year uh, compromises minor league systems for you know the next five or ten years, I think that's a big problem. I don't know what the answer for baseball is in increasing their market share and their audience and getting back to where they used to be, but uh, as we explored on an earlier podcast, in the last 20 years – Baseball is just not America's most viewed sport anymore. It's not America's second most viewed sport. It's it's barely America's third most viewed sport. So something has to change and more excitement, whether that's different rules, something faster, changing the culture of baseball to get rid of all of these like unwritten faux pas surrounding bat flips and staring down home runs and all that stuff, whatever it is, they should have like a search committee finding it out because uh, I don't know. The, the time for me, I think, for baseball uh, has come and gone. So they need to catch up with everyone else. Yeah, you keep saying that. You keep saying that. And you keep saying that soccer's on the come up and look at the staff, blah, 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 blah. It's never going to happen, man. Baseball's always going to be number three. Soccer ain't passing it. Tennis ain't passing it. Golf ain't passing it. Whatever this, it's it's just not going to happen. Baseball will always be number three. I understand what you're saying. It's down with young people, and they're you know we're dinosaurs and we're last of a dying breed. But I just don't buy that. I, it's it's it it makes too much money. I know you can't. I know you you're not buying it. But even when I presented you evidence numbers, your your counter to that is I'm not buying it. Well. Like we need to now, especially in our country, is an important time to look at stats and numbers. And if baseball and the baseball traditionalists and the people like us, like our generation and older that were raised on baseball, if they just flat out refuse to see the trend because, oh, no, baseball's great and the money's still there. Like in 20 years, it's changed drastically. In another 20 years, it's going to change drastically at the at the continued trajectory. So you can't just say, no, I don't buy it. When the numbers are showing you that you virtually have to buy it, everyone has to buy it because statistically it's happening. And I think there's a difference too between Major League Baseball making record amount of money year in, year out versus the popularity of the sport and how many people are showing up to games. It just, I get that MLB is profitable right now, 
but you're also seeing that on the backs of gigantic television deals. And I don't know if television deals are going to be a thing of the past soon. I think one of the things I would like to see is reduced blackouts. If you're in, I think it's in Idaho, there's like six different teams that you're blacked out of. You can't, you can't watch teams in because it's technically in your market. And I think that that's harming baseball. The fact that a cav a, an average fan who might just be sitting there saying, oh, let me, let me tune into a game. Well, you have to have a premium package for this. And then if you buy the, the MLB TV, that's $140, whatever it is a year, but you're technically too close to it, but it's far enough where you're not getting it on cable TV and who the hell has cable TV anymore. Everything is streaming. So the numbers financially look okay but you see one little thing like a shutdown of a season and we have owners crying poor and we have everything being turned on its head i think too the 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 elephant in the room that's not getting talked about is a collective bargaining agreement's coming up in a year and i think it is a above 50 percent chance there's going to be another strike in major league baseball and that will continue to tackle the popularity of the sport there's so many things in play here though because we talk about Base, there's baseball as a business and then there's baseball as a sport and I think it's challenging that those two things get so conflated because at what point do you say like the integrity of something is balanced against you know selling it at all costs type of thing I mean what if we said you know baseball would be more popular if everybody rode motorcycles around the bases I mean just that's extreme but I think some of the stuff where we talk about you have to change it because it's not popular. That's a weird thing that we have in like American culture of chasing popularity. And I know for a business you do that because you need sales and you need revenue and all this kind of stuff. But for a sport or an enterprise, I, you know, I don't necessarily uh, think that that has great appeal to the extent that people are talking about saying you have to let young people's attention span drive how everything operates. There's There's something of a feedback loop there where you know, if young people, it's like if you have a kid and a kid refuses to eat anything except mac and cheese and you keep feeding them mac and cheese, the longer you feed them that, the more they're going to refuse to try anything else. I think the more we cater to people's short attention spans, the shorter their attention spans will get. So I'm kind of conflicted about the idea that, you know, we cater to the lowest common denominator with something as venerable as a sport. I think that's a great point, Gabe, it, but that's... That's coming from the fan perspective, and it's very easy when we talk about our passions, and we always do this. We attach so many things, so many emotions to sports and to sports teams and to sports memories that even their their owners don't attach, right? Because it's very easy as a fan to forget that sports are a business, and right now they are a very, very profitable business, but... Uh, they need to maintain that profitability just like cable networks and Disney and everyone else has to pivot and has to adjust and has to go to streaming and all that stuff to, to deal with the changing marketplace and deal with changing attention spans. Fans, we don't have to understand why owners are making the changes. If owners are going to see a lack of profitability or a drop in profitability, the changes will happen whether we like them or not. Are there any changes as far as broadcasting, like where we can find our games? Are there any deals that have come up since this coronavirus? Are games going to be on like Hulu or YouTube or stuff like that? Or No, the cable companies are still collecting their checks. Like, I feel like 9 out of 10 people I know that still have cable, myself included, 
it's because of live sports. You can That's get everything else reason. streaming. And so for the past, you know, four months when we didn't have sports, I didn't get anything from my cable provider saying, hey, I know you're paying for a sports package, but uh, here's the thing. Since there's no sports, we'll give you like 50% off your... No, there, there was nothing. It was... We pay, you know, these these cable companies, when you look at, like, the Dodgers, right? They have one provider that you can catch Dodgers games on. And that's why they signed a multi-billion dollar contract with them, because that's the only place you can get Dodger baseball. So they're not going to say, well, since they weren't playing, we're going to give you some money back. It's just kind of on the fans, and, and they're saying, okay, well, hopefully when baseball comes back, we get a chance to watch it. And uh, in the meantime, I know this uh, the, the coronavirus hasn't just impacted the stopping of sports being played. I worked for The Athletic for a year and got laid off in the beginning of June because the money dried up. And I know a lot of people had money drying up. And so if I'm someone who doesn't have a lot of money, cable cable television has to be one of the first things I cut. So from a sports perspective, I think they should do more to try to get as much engagement as possible and say we're going to open this up so even if you don't have you know, $80 a month to pay for your cable bill, you can still watch your local teams, but I, I don't see that happening because at the end of the day, money walks and, and bullshit talks. Or the other way around, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't use cliches. Dave, all, all games this year are actually going to be exclusively on Snapchat. It'll just be, <laughs> just be clips. You don't, you don't watch the whole thing anymore. The players are going to do TikToks live. They're going to be in the outfield making, mm. making TikTok videos for us. Well, I was just going to say, uh, Rob brought up the idea that, you know, there's a collective bargaining discussions to be had uh, next season and the likelihood of a strike or whatever. I don't know if this is the case, but if I think it's in the best interest of every league to have broadcast deals and collective bargaining conversations happening at the same time, because it really puts pressure on franchises, really puts pressure on teams, really puts pressure on leagues to make sure they get deals done because if your broadcast deal expires the same time your collective bargaining agreement expires, you definitely want to get a product to put back out there. And in the case of baseball, uh, they could do themselves uh, an absolutely phenomenal favor if they became the first major professional sport to have a seamless transition to streaming services. That's been remarkably clunky. I mean, I know you can get like, YouTube TV and you can get Hulu Prime stuff and you can find ways to get games. But if somebody in Major League Baseball just said, look, we're partnering with with Netflix or we're partnering with whoever and we're going to make every game available on that platform, that would be something that reconnected them with the consumers who've cut cords and don't get to watch live sports on uh, on their televisions anymore because they don't have cable. That would be a huge move for baseball, but I don't know what their broadcast expiration deals look like. All right, well, let's get to on the field. Um, I was stunned. I was watching, I guess it was Saturday Night Baseball. I watched Saturday Night Baseball and Sunday Night Baseball, but I think it was on the Saturday Night Broadcast, and they were they listed the odds of the favorites to win the World Series. It was, unsurprisingly, the Yankees and the Dodgers at the top um, in terms of best odds, and then I believe below that was the Astros. The cheating-ass Astros who are getting off scot-free this year for not having fans and not getting booed. Hopefully, they still get beaned. I believe they were third. And then I think it went the Twins, the Braves, and then the A's. Do you think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that the Yankees and the Dodgers are going to meet in the World Series? Or do you think that this is kind of going to be a uh, a wacky season where you could see a team kind of come out of nowhere just based on the fact that, that they're only playing basically a third of the games that they normally would? 
I think it's going to be Yankees Dodgers. I, I think it's way too early to tell anything. There's so much uncertainty. Like you could say Yankees Dodgers right now. What if Aaron Judge gets coronavirus at like the last week of the regular season? Like that's I'm a still huge... gonna say Dodgers. <laughs> the Dodgers are, are so incredibly talented. They they look they look like such a juggernaut, but when was the last time the Dodgers won a World Series? Well, I mean, it doesn't help when we got cheaters going up against us, okay? Exactly. I, again, I'm aware of all of that. I'm merely stating that baseball, I feel like of all the major sports, baseball's the biggest crapshoot in the playoffs. Like, how often do we see a number eight seed in basketball win it all? It doesn't really happen that much, but we've seen multiple times in the last few years a team that wins a wild card, they just sneak into the playoffs, they get hot at the right moment, and they win it all. So if, if there's any anything that I would not bet on, it's it's playoffs and Major League Baseball because they're just so... It's such a small sample size, so fluky. I, I just... I, it's good chance the Dodgers end up there, but I don't think... The, I'm not sold on the Yankees, personally. I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're making it to the World Series. Give me the Dodgers, and I don't care who we play against. Dodgers A's. Let's go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, rematch, of 19, rematch. rematch of 1988. I mean, baseball always has the highest, uh, uh, I don't want to say variance is too simple because you would think it would have less variance because the season is so long. But even with the 162-game season, you know, more than any other sport, we have people have up years and down years in baseball that are pretty inexplainable. You'll have guys who are normally a stud, and they'll have one year where they hit 240. You don't really see that in the NBA. You don't see a guy that averages 25 games just have a bad year and average 10 or whatnot. So it, it has more ups and downs in general. That was probably a bad you know, example, but probably has more ups and downs than other sports, even at the extended le- length of the season. So with a short season, I think it'll be uh, even more up for grabs. Uh, and potentially some interesting parts with the expanded rosters. I think it'll be fascinating to see how much gamesmanship there is in terms of strategy with people playing the game differently when uh, each game has a little higher stakes. I got a question. I got a question. How many games is MLB uh, playing? What are they telling us? 60. 60. All right. And what's the... What's the over under of of actually sixty games getting played? I'm saying they're not they're not they're not playing. Each team is not going to play sixty games. I'm going to say they're going to play like forty five. Games are going to get skipped, or they're going to cancel. Games will get skipped from one team or another. That's what that's my pick. I'm going to say I'm going to say forty five is my mark. I'm going to say all 60. And by the way, you guys can all suck it because we did a podcast and you guys said there was going to be no baseball. Buster only was out here talking about. 3% 3% chance that they start the season, 0% chance that they finish it. And Billy the Kid told you there was going to be baseball. They were going to figure that shit out. Thank goodness we had your eternal wisdom to guide us. <laughs> You're welcome. Zach, I have so many more questions when we get off air because I just need answers. Where would we be with that? As long as we're talking about the Dodgers, by the way, let me throw you guys a curveball. Uh, Mookie Betts gets $392 million total if you add his 365 extension to the one-year $27 million contract he's on right now. Okay. Uh, $392 for Mookie Betts or uh, the Pat Mahomes contract? What's a better buy for that team? Oh, Mahomes by far and away. Are you kidding me? Here's a question I have for you. So Boston did that trade right for Mookie, and they also shoved in David Price. And then David Price is saying that he's not going to play. Is that still true? Yep. Yep. 
So do the Dodgers not have to pay David? No, they still have to pay him. They still have to pay him, even though he's choosing not to play. I'm not sure. Actually, somebody correct me. I'm getting confused. Yeah, I don't think so. The leagues do it. I know in some in some leagues. So, for instance, in the NBA, if you have a, a some kind of medical reason that you say I'm at risk, I don't want to play, they still pay you. But apparently, baseball. Tell me, Zach, if you know the answer how baseball is doing it. Yeah. Well, I know, like uh, in the WNBA. I forget the name, uh, whoever that MVP champion superstar. Elena Deladon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deladon. She had like a Lyme disease thing, and at first they weren't going to pay her, and then I think they got enough blowback that she is going to get paid now. Uh, I know Buster Posey's not playing this year. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same rule. In, it's the same rule in baseball. They have this weird. Th- I just looked it up. They have this weird thing about who's considered high risk or not. So it's it seems very variable but if you can if you can prove to them that you have a reason that you're high risk you still get paid but it looks like price doesn't but seems like uh, seems like there's gray area yeah i'm pretty sure he's not yeah um i'm not sure exactly what his at risk thing um is and whether or not it qualifies but i my guess is that he's not getting paid I, and I, there's been a lot of guys i mean in the in the nba you've seen a lot of guys dip out of the bubble for personal reasons and stuff like that and i, I mean i think probably at this point with the season starting tomorrow that who's ever going to be out is going to be out but you know things could change you know there could be pregnancies there could be some things that develop health wise in people's families um, it's definitely going to be weird for sure but i think ultimately they're going to finish it I, I think they're going to be smart enough to have the proper protocols in place where like Dave you were saying that you think games are going to get eliminated I don't think that's going to I don't think that's going to happen but uh I don't think you're going to I don't think you're going to have that instance I don't know why I think that I mean baseball's not in a bubble like basketball is and they're going to be traveling but they are only playing teams within their division so they're not you're not going to see like the Yankees traveling to California to play the Angels or whatever um and you you're know, not going to see anybody traveling to Canada because Toronto won't let the Blue Jays play there. You mean the you mean the Pittsburgh Blue Jays? Yeah. That's like that's like one of my favorite storylines. As you were saying, so many countries are saying, "U.S., you guys are so filthy and pathetic at handling this pandemic. You are not allowed here." Well, Canada did the same damn thing. Like, no, no, you're not bringing any Americans over here and ruining our country. So Toronto, find somewhere else to play. And now they're playing. They're going to be the Pittsburgh Blue Jays. I'm rooting for them a little bit just because they're, they they basically have to play all 60 games on the road. Well, Pen- Pennsylvania rejected them. Pennsylvania said, no, you can't play here in Pittsburgh. They don't want them. Wait, they, they don't get no Permani Brothers sandwiches? They're, they, where are they playing then? If Buffalo it's doesn't make that happen, what a, what a failure by the city of Buffalo. The place is a dump. You got to get some some temporary baseball there, and if you can't make that happen, Buffalo, I mean, do what you have to do. Put a tarp over the Bills Stadium and get the Blue Jays in there. <laughs> I feel you. I know there should be bunch of there should be a bunch of people trying to jump at this opportunity. A bunch of players that don't have. What's baseball. up though? Why do we think? Why do we think? And culturally, I, you know, my opinion is none of this is safe. But why do they say? For basketball, we need to quarantine these guys all in one site and try to create this, you know, it's not really a bubble, it's not really going to be airtight, but at least try to quarantine people while they're participating in sport. And baseball, where you have traveling parties of way more people, way larger rosters, and they just say they're going to be gallivanting around to different cities just like normal. What? what? 
Is there something magical about baseball players that's less contagious? I mean, none of this stuff makes any sense. I'll tell you what it is, Gabe. It has nothing to do with baseball players. It has everything to do with baseball's audience. Baseball's audience, half of them don't believe the coronavirus is real. So they think it's a, a liberal hoax that's being pushed upon us to create mind control with mandatory vaccines and to, you know, create a, a communist government in the United States of America. So baseball gets to do, uh, gets to be, take uh, a, a bigger risk, engage in riskier behaviors because they know that their audience is not going to call them out for it in the same way that basketball's audience would. I, that's, that's everything that's going on right now. And the NFL is the same way. The NFL is reporting back to training camp. They're going to do all of this. Uh, they're going to, you know, tarp off the first 10 rows and they're going to socially distance in stadiums. But the NFL, they're adding a few more roster spots in case people get sick and they're going about their business because money is all that matters in the NFL and because the NFL's audience is screaming at you for kneeling during the national anthem and they're telling you that coronavirus is a hoax and they're going to show up regardless of who gets sick in the NFL, regardless of who dies in the NFL. NFL football fans are going to watch. Yeah, that's the only sport I'm really excited about. I don't even know if basketball is going to actually happen. Football is going to be the it. hardest one, I think, out of all of them. I could see basketball going off without a hitch. I could see baseball going off without a hitch. I cannot see how football is going to go off without a hitch. And they seem to be the one that's planned the least out of all this. And they're just like, oh, yeah, no big deal. Because they just basically thought that they were getting in so early. Their season had just ended, and it was going to be so many months until their season started. They thought they were just going to be able to go however they wanted. They're taking it down to the last minute on getting the play. The players had to, like – fight hard to get them to agree to do testing every day um yeah i mean i can't see and fo football you're smacking up against each other there's no there's no kind of distancing in football the nfl should be embarrassed with their response like so just just to put this in context for everybody the nfl everybody was at home everybody was enjoying their off season everyone was hitting the reset button already when this thing hit and, and took over everyone's front of mind in march the NBA had to pivot on a dime. They had to cancel the season like while it was actually happening. And then they had to, to go to the mattresses. They had to plan a new way. They had to get facilities in Orlando. They had to figure out testing protocols. They had to throw everything back together. The NBA was able to cancel and restart a season that they were actually in the middle of before the NFL was able to send their players or their players association an email with uniform policies. Adam Silver and company canceled a season, replanned a season, and restarted a season in a bubble before Roger Goodell and company sent an email. That is the difference between the two administrations. It's insane. <laughs> but isn't it a lot? Isn't there a lot more? How do you say pieces involved in in the NFL compared to the NBA? I mean, you got like eleven players, fifteen players on the NBA team. Yes, you know all the and, more and, reason. And you got what like how many sixty five? I don't know how how many players they got on a on an actual roster. Well, fifty three man active roster, and that's kind of thinking to be sixty two with the new with the expansion for the. But look, if you so what sixty seven guys, if you account for a regular practice squad, but th that's a great point, great face, Dave, and it's all the more reason why the NFL should have been planning for every contingency, should have been in communication with every owner, every head coach every player representative, they should have been on top of this 
for months and months and months. And it took a social media hashtag campaign for the NFL to finally be like, oh, oh, shit. I guess our players actually are worried about getting sick. So we're going to have to make some concessions here. I know it's so ridiculous. And I just I look at all those owners and it's just I mean, it's just. It's beyond me. and They make so much money. It's like the only thing that they're thinking about. And I just, I mean, look, I, I hope to God that, you know, something happens with this virus. You know, the numbers go down. They get a cure, whatever. I, I pray to God that football happens. But I, it just, when I look at those, when I look at baseball, basketball, and football, it's football by far and by far and large. They're not doing anything to do a bubble. They're not curtailing how far people are going to have to travel. They're just going about it as if there's no virus. So I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this, I'm bringing this number back up. How, how many games are they going to finish? Zach says 60. I'm saying 45, you know, Gabba, what are you saying? OC. Are we saying a full season of baseball? But they're going to play 60 games. They're just going to be, you know, compromised rosters at certain points. There's going to be some games that are complete blowouts because a pitching rotation got compromised by an outbreak or, or whatever. So, yeah, they're going to – because of the protocols that everyone's put in place to kind of have, like, extra bodies on hand, some of those minor leaguers that we were crying about their seasons being gone, and, and rightfully so, some of those guys are going to get called up last second to have a couple major league opportunities – uh, and, and look, that's great for them, but it's going to be bad for their teams because there's a reason they're minor leaguers right now. So they're going to play 60 games. Just some of them are going to be really bad games. Cabo, how many games? Full 60? Uh, I, I really have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised if they play the whole thing. I, you know, I, I don't think they should be playing at all, but if they're getting to the point where they're starting it, it, it begs the question, like, what would have to happen for them to stop? You know, would it would it be, is it a certain number of, major league players uh you know testing positive and being ruled out do you think that's what would stop it or do you think if the spread happened high enough in the country as a whole they'd stop i I don't know i mean i think it's a death my 45 is based off of of this nothing to do with the country purely based on how they have it set up you brought up a point earlier about them traveling and not being in a secure bubble. I get that they're dealing it up into regions, so west, central, and east. But my question is, you're on a plane and you're traveling from New York to Florida to go have a game or wherever. All the teams together on the plane, I'm sure they're not going to involve outside people to come on that plane. It's just a chartered plane for them. But if 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 one or two people get sick, it's going to spread throughout the whole team. And that's where my 45 game comes into play. There's going to be a time where you're not going to have a full roster of minor league players come up to play a game. They're, I feel like they're going to say, no, we're going to we're either going to replay this game at another date or fill it somewhere else or we're just going to cancel the game. So that's where my 45 is coming from is that mind thought. Yeah, it's tough to know. I, 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 have, I have no idea really. If I had to guess, I'd say they play the whole thing. And the only reason being is that, you know, United States has continued to dismay me and how much they don't react to the numbers. Like, even though the numbers go up, they still just keep forging ahead. So I think the numbers and the infections and the and the health uh, ramifications are going to keep getting worse. Um, but maybe they're just going to keep on keeping on. I don't know. They'll finish. Everything's going to be fine. Rainbows, unicorns, Skittles, you know what I'm saying? All that good stuff. Well, I mean, Zach is the classic American where he's saying stuff like, I hope to God that the season goes off. That's what Americans do. They, they can't be bothered to 
put on a mask or stay home or do anything active. They just say, ah, instead of doing something that'll actually make a difference, here's what I'm going to do. Hope. I'm going to hope. Bless you got to hope against hope. I've never understood that phrase. Does anybody know why, why people say hope against hope? No. Maybe my no hope idea. and your hope, they, they, they meet in a versus match and my <laughs> hope wins. <laughs> I'm basically, I'm like Winnie the Pooh, and I guess that would make great face Dave Tigger. And uh, you know what? Ooh. You're you're really Christopher Robin, OC. That that actually fits nicely. <laughs> I am not Christopher Robin. You're totally Christopher Robin. You're anything, totally Christopher anything, Robin. I'm, I'm wise old owl. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, you, you can take. I'm him. gonna go Gabe. I'm gonna go Gabo. Is is the wise old? No, owl. he's so Eeyore. Everything is doomsday. And by the way, uh, you are Little Rue is who you are, Zachariah. Okay? I don't even know who that is. Yeah, Mama and Little Rue, you know, the kangaroo that's like <laughs> just constantly needs someone to make him chicken fingers and make sure yeah, he's bumped powder. I like that yeah. guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll be him over fat-ass poo. <laughs> Who's Piglet? Good question. Yeah, that's a great question. We don't have any... We don't have any piglet characters in here. No, we don't. This is not a this is not a piglet podcast. Oh my gosh! All right. Speaking of Winnie the Pooh, now that we have come to the uh, the necessary viewership recommendation for our our audience of four four or five people. What do you got? Four or five hundred. I don't want to go first. Somebody else go first. Oh, I got one. I've been saving it. Go I'm ahead. So excited about this recommendation. <laughs> Is it, no, I'm not, does I'm it have not to do with either. does it have to do with weed or Korea? No. Okay. Uh no. Nope. Those mm-hmm. are usually your two topics du jour. Um actually it's mostly Korea. You guys just always pile on the on the other one. But um <laughs> but this one is it's on Amazon, I believe, and it's called Upload. And it was great. It's basically it's basically they found a way to basically take your subconscious or your soul or something and instead of you dying, they upload you and all your memories and your actual being to uh, basically a electronic world where everything's perfect, et cetera, et cetera, even though it's not really perfect, but it's a... It's this crazy thing. So instead of you dying, your memories, your your inner being or whatever it is you believe in is uploaded to this world. And you can interact. You can have phone calls and FaceTime with the actual living world. It's it's a trippy. It's a trippy show. Okay. What do you got, Gabo? You got anything? Gabo's going to say, uh, he's going to say minor league baseball in Healdsburg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well... I- now that you said that, I am a huge fan of minor league baseball, and I definitely agreed with uh, all that was being mentioned earlier by Rob about the importance of minor league baseball in developing fans. It's great to have something local uh, and also on a small scale where you're super close to the game. I think some of my best memories as a kid of seeing live baseball were preferring minor leagues to major leagues just because how close you get to the players and how fun it was. Um, but anyway, that's a side note. Uh no viewing recommendation this time because uh, I was irked by you earlier, Bill, where you were talking so badly about uh, people with their bookshelves in the background and how they hadn't read. So I'm going to advise people to you know, turn off your TV and read a book during this time of the pandemic. Um, my, my reading recommendation, uh, recently, I, uh, uh, Range is the name of the book. It's by uh, David Epstein, who you might know. He was formerly a... Uh, columnist at Sports Illustrated, I think. 
but uh, it's basically all about um, the the concept of uh, being a generalist and and uh, generalized knowledge versus specific expertise in one narrow vertical uh, and why that kind of uh, ability to learn and have like a multifunctional brain uh, can be an advantage uh, even when it's seen as you don't have a speciality. Um, anyway, I thought it was an interesting read. I'd recommend. It's one of those things. It's not. It's not. It's an easy read. It's like an airport type of book where you'll pick it up and read through it on on one flight. So, recommended. Did you say for Jeffrey Epstein wrote a interesting book? Reading. No, not great face tape. No Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein jokes. The man is a vile, disgusting human. <laughs> no, who was the name of the person? All I heard was Epstein. David. David Epstein is the uh. name of the author. I apologize. <laughs> Same last name, unrelated person. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was okay, man. You're not giving out recommendations, but you're recommending that guy's book? <laughs> I love that. I love that Gabe just gave a spite recommendation. All because Zachariah <laughs> is an illiterate bastard. He was just like, yeah, no TV. Oh, I love it. Uh, illiterate bastard, huh? God, you just Peter Pan uh, can't read. The compliments just flow on this damn podcast. <laughs> yeah, you just hate me because you ain't me. All right, my recommendation is unbreakable. Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson. It came yes. out in 2000, 20 years ago. But I had, never, I had never seen it. And apparently they did like a newer version that came out more recently. But the old one, it was amazing. I was just, I was thrilled the entire time. So it was a great movie. You can catch it on Netflix. That's my recommendation. Uh, Zachariah, I will, I will one-up you by recommending to you that you follow up. There's two more movies that exist in that universe. One's Glass, right? Yes, that's the that's the third one. So you need to go watch Split, and then you need to go watch Glass. Okay, all right. I haven't I haven't seen Split or Glass, but uh, the original one from from two thousand was great. It's dope, Unbreakable. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about Will Ferrell comedies. I am a sucker for his uh, absurdity, and think that he's hilarious. It's just, oh yeah, he's the um, best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got a new movie out with Rachel McAdams. It's called. Eurovision Song Contest, and it is the most fun I've had watching a movie since Pitch Perfect. It's just so good. You got to watch it. It is a great movie. I watched that last week with with my wife. It was a good one. All right, yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, Eurovision Song Contest. He plays. They play an Icelandic pop duo, so it gets pretty absurd and it's hilarious, and it's even funnier the second time. So maybe watch it twice. All right. Well, I'm pumped up. We got baseball back. We're going to have basketball like around the clock. They're going to have like six, 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 six games a day. It's going to start at like 9 a.m. and end at like midnight. We're going to have uh, probably not football, but we're going to have lots of basketball and lots of baseball. And I'm a happy kid. Are you going to are you going to let Rob uh, weigh in? No, he doesn't want me to. He doesn't want me oh, to weigh in. Oh, my bad. My Zach's bad, Rob. Here trying I, to, I want Rob My bad, Rob. Do you Box have a recommendation? I do have a recommendation. Okay, go ahead. I my watched bad, it my bad. a little while ago, but it's, it's I think, very, uh, for the time that, of everything going on right now, The Watchmen, the series from HBO, Oof. was a very, like, serious, but incredibly well-made, and I think very thoughtful, very relevant series, if you can catch it. It's definitely, definitely enjoyable. Okay. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, that's it for OCNZ and friends. I'm Sean. That's Zachariah, Gabe, Great Face Dave, and now Rob, part of the crew. For sure. Thanks for joining. Holla!